When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. The Belly Up Sports NFL Draft coverage starts now with over 50 different guests over the first three rounds hosted by Dan Mater. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Belly Up Sports' NFL Draft coverage. And Chris Howard, co-host of the MD's Fantasy Football Show and Belly Up Fantasy Live. Let's go to the pick here. Harris Marshall finally off the board. All the NFL, fantasy football, and pick betting analysis you could ever need through this draft coverage. So the Detroit Lions are the ones on the clock. They're going to make their pick soon, but the Giants, I'm getting where just traded with the Miami Dolphins from 40. It's time for your coverage to start now. And there it is. So we're welcoming new guests. We got the pick is in. Jermaine Johnson off the board for the Jets. Great pick for them. I can't believe he fell this far. Let's introduce our guests and get their reaction. So first up at the top, we have Commissioner Cooper, Jason Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. How you doing today, sir? Doing great, my friend. Appreciate you having us on. And wow, you guys have been running a marathon today. Congrats to you and Chris and a great job on the show. Uh, been enjoying it so far. Technically, this is just a warm-up because tomorrow when we come back for the second and third round, that's even longer. Vince, how are we doing, man? Packers fan, we're talking some smack on you the last group there. How are you doing, though? Damn, man, that was a hard segment to watch. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing great, man. I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to these last several picks. Real happy to have you on. And we got the Uke, Duke the Uke. He's our big-time NFL draft writer right now on Belly Up Sports. Happy to have you on. Let's kick it to you right away. What's your reaction to Jermaine Johnson on the Jets? I think that's crazy, man. The Jets getting Garrett Wilson and Sauce and Jermaine Johnson. Those are three top ten players. Seriously, like what a haul for the Jets. This is a master class in drafting. They could not have done this any better. Yeah, they they really came out. They've actually done a really good job so far today. Right, Chris? When we talk about the Jets, some they used to be stupid, but now since Douglas has taken over, there's been a lot of good picks made. The question now becomes, do they have the coaching staff to actually get it done on the field? Because we didn't see much improvement last year. Yeah, I think that question still remains for me. That's kind of why I was on the Wilson pick. I think the coaching staff's, you know, a lot to let me desire last year. The defense was horrendous. The offense didn't show any progress throughout the season. So I have a lot of concerns. The draft, I definitely have been a big fan of. I think Jermaine Johnson kind of saved that you know Wilson pick 
if you was flip flop them, I'd be super happy with that pick. So I look at this Jets, you know, draft pretty good, good last year, but didn't want to capitalize on the field that great. So let's, we'll see how it works out now. I will say this now, though, the pieces are in place for Robert Sala to actually run his defense. So I don't want to say there's definitely no more excuses because there's still a lot of talent needs to be had on this team. Let's not get it twisted. But something productive should be seen here on the field, I would imagine. Jason, now you're part of the fantasy group like me and Chris are with Belly of Fantasy. By the way, guys, Jason's going to be coming with us to the Fantasy Football Expo in August 12th to the 14th in Canton, Ohio. If you're around, you can make the trip out. It's going to be a great time. Please do so. Stop by and see us. We'll be happy to meet you. But is there anything that stuck out to you from a fantasy standpoint so far in the first round? Like, what's been your favorite one? I mean, so I, I think it's let's overstate the obvious. It's AJ Brown. I mean, I just came out of nowhere. Wife, wifey, as a Philly fan, comes running into the garage like, "Oh my God!" You know, super excited. Big. Uh, I think that's big football wise, even for Philly. I like that move for them because you have Devonta Smith who can go deep, and now you got AJ Brown that can pretty much do it all. Two young receivers a young quarterback that can kind of mold into place. I That's, to me, is the biggest move um, so far in the draft. We can sit here and talk about all these young guys all we want. The bottom line is it's got to be the right system, right fit. So I know all you New York Jets fans are all happy and excited about your offseason. Woo, good job. But you're still last in the AFC East, homies. So we'll see you soon. Yeah, Jason is a Dolphins fan, in case you guys couldn't tell. <laughs> The Jaguars are on the clock. They just traded up with the Buccaneers. They gave up the number 33 pick, which was the first pick in the second round, 106 and 180, to get back into the first round. So the Bucs trade out of the first round altogether. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. Vince, what do you think the Jaguars just moved up for? I, mean, I think you're looking at guys like Devin Lloyd uh, right now, make a lot of sense in Jacksonville. Uh, there's nobody that stands out as far as you're, like, you're trying to get ahead of who, you know, you're trying to get ahead of Green Bay. Well, I'm not sure they're looking at the same positions right now. You got guys like Harloftis, who I love here, but Jacksonville's already got two edge rushers. We talked about that. You guys talked about that at the very beginning of the draft. So uh, I think you look at like a, a Devin Lloyd and a Kobe Dean possibility here. The other guy would be Andrew Booth, their Clemson cornerback. Because Green Bay, they already got jumped once for a cornerback. So it, it appeared maybe that's what happened again here. What do you think, Chris? Are we sure that Green Bay is not taking another linebacker? <laughs> um, I'm not sure. They'll be one of the few teams in the NFL trying to pay. I think they have about $47 million committed to the linebacker position in two first round picks the last two years. But um, yeah, so I do think that it's probably going to be something, um, you know, defensively. I would be kind of surprised if it's linebacker. I know they moved on from Miles Jack. They weren't so thrilled with him. But I think Jacksonville is going to look for, you know, a guy probably in the secondary. They definitely have some holes to kind of fill. Um, and I wouldn't also look look at the, you know, whether or not it's an offensive lineman. But I think well, ideally it's probably going to be a secondary player. I would look at Luke Kine here or at the safety. Devontae Wyatt. That's a good one. Too. That would be a good one, too. Uke, who would be your top guy on your board right now? So the top guy still available on my board is obviously Devontae Wyatt. He is just such an unbelievable talent. The fact that he's still available is just absolutely bonkers. But uh, I honestly don't think that the, the Jaguars are trading up to get a guy like Devontae Wyatt, especially after taking Trayvon Walker. It just it doesn't seem like, you know, like – great strategizing here. I think that a sleeper to be picked here is maybe Bernard Ryman, the offensive tackle from Central Michigan. Maybe that's why they jumped ahead of the Packers who have a need at offensive tackle. Bernard Ryman is a very athletic and strong player. I really love him. He's honestly one of my favorite players in this draft. And if the Packers are looking at him, this could be where the why the Jags jumped up. I like that pick as well. Raymond. They do need offensive line, and especially with Raymond in particular, he is a guy that profiles as somebody who could play inside. So if they wanted to keep Walker on the outside, keep Cam Robinson on the outside. They could move him to guard. That wouldn't be that big of a stretch either. I do think that's what they're going to do. I think in Jacksonville's own weird way, they're like, we're going to follow what the mold is as far as we're supposed to get offensive and defensive linemen to rebuild our team. We're going to do it in the most ass-backwards way we possibly can by taking, you know, kicking it off, by taking Walker for no reason to kick the thing off to begin with. But that could be something we could be seeing in just a few minutes. Oh, guess what? The pick is in. Maybe they were worried about the Packers going linebacker. It's Devin Lloyd. <laughs> That's who the Jaguars just trade up for. Now, look, I like the pick. 
because Lloyd was the top linebacker on my board. He was one of my top players overall. I do think this is a guy that comes in. He can be a captain of your defense. He could be a game changer for your defense, and that's something Jacksonville desperately needs. I'm just surprised you bring in Doug Peterson. Trent Bulky has a history of usually taking offensive players, and he went defense twice. Was Jack, is Jacksonville trying to tell us something, Jason? <laughs> I don't know if they're trying to tell us something, but they're trying to tell the league, uh, send the league a message. Trevor Lawrence, look, he did all right last year sometimes, I guess. Um, you know, we got we got an offense that's trying to find themselves. Um, I'm not really sure what the Jags are doing, to be quite frank with you. So we'll see as we go forward. You do you like the pick? I know this wasn't the top guy on your board. So, yeah, I actually really like Devin Lloyd. I just think I don't know what the Jags are doing here. At the end of the day, Trevor Lawrence led the league in interceptions last year. you got to build around him. And, like, yeah, there was no one who was great on offense who was available. What are you talking about? They signed Christian Kirk to $20 million. That's not building around Oh, yeah, of course. Christian Kirk, top five wide receiver in the NFL. How could I doubt the guy? <laughs> Championship. But at the end of the day, you you got to build around Trevor Lawrence. And there was no one available at 27, but they traded up to 27. There would have been someone who was available at pick 33 who would have been a good pick, good value at 33. 33 offensive line or something like that. I just, I don't get why they're, they're pounding defense so hard here. They got to build around Trevor Lawrence. Well, I'm curious to see what Chris says. Cause Chris, you had Devin Lloyd in a similar position I did, which was really high up on our board. So what do you think about the pick? Yeah, I am a top 10 player on my board. I think he's definitely a game changer. And I love, you know, the, the player himself. I'm kind of surprised by the pick as everybody's kind of pointing out. Um, you know, the value is a little bit questionable for me that you're moving up for guys that you don't really have a clear need for in a sense. Trevor Lawrence definitely has not got enough you know, ammunition around him. Christian Kirk, I don't think was the answer. Um, but I also no. think that <laughs> I also think that at least it wasn't Brees Hall. So we should be kind of happy about that. It wasn't a running back. Um, so I mean, when you put all those things together, I think it's, you know, a not it's a great pick in the sense where I love Lloyd. I think he could be a game changer. I think he's a captain of your defense moving forward. It's a little surprised, you know, as they kind of point out that they're going so heavy defense when Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be your face of your franchise. Okay, Vince, your team's on the clock. What do you, what do you want? I don't I don't care about your team. What do you want? Can I defend Jacksonville real quick? Yeah, sure. Okay. They go out and they get Brandon Scherf. They go out and get Evan Ingram. I'm not a huge Christian Kirk and Zay Jones fan, but in the offseason, they went and addressed the offense. They look at the defense now. I think they have a huge need at inside linebacker, and they fill it here with the – Best inside linebacker in the draft, I think. I think it's a great pick for him. I, question pick number one, think they should have won Hutchinson. But anyways, what I want for Green Bay now is the best player available. I trust these guys. I, I know that's not popular to say. Uh, outside of Jordan Love, these guys hit on the draft. And so I, I actually mocked uh, here for Devontae, the uh, Georgia lineman, to go here. Um, uh, actually, I at twenty two. I had I had that picked. Uh, so I'd love to see that. I think Devonte Wyatt would be a huge pickup for Green Bay to add with Kenny Clark on the defensive line. Um, outside of that, there's no wide receiver here. You're not you're not going to get a wide receiver here. You're going to wait till the second round uh, for that. There's no reason to reach uh, Andrew Booth, Daxton Hill, two guys I like as well could bolster the secondary in Green Bay. Um, they're at this point where the thing they need is a wide receiver. And you're not going to draft that here. So. I like Wyatt, I think, is the smart pick. Well, can I ask you a real quick question, Vince? Yes. You say you trust them. I, I love, you know, Alexander was a great pick, for example, Jerry Alexander, but I don't love their draft the last couple of years. So I'm kind of curious to see, you know, what you kind of justify that you trust their draft picks with. All right. Let me uh, give you a couple names, and then you tell me how, how they didn't turn out for you, okay? So that, this is why I do trust them. Uh, Aaron Jones. Fifth round pick, AJ Dillon, second round pick, Elgin Jenkins, second round pick. Uh, you look at the first round picks in recent years. Darnell Savage, he's a great safety, playing great, great football. Rashawn Gary, a lot of people thought, oh, that was a horrible pick. First year was not good. Since then, he's been great. Ken, uh, Kenny Clark was the first round pick as well. Um, Royce Newman, fourth round pick, starting left guard, fit in perfectly. One of the best rookie offensive linemen last year. David Bakhtiari, fourth round pick. Uh, as well. So they find guys and and their history of their second round receivers is absolutely phenomenal over the years as well. So they miss every now and then everybody does. But overall, I think I think they draft pretty solid. And as a Packer fan, uh, and my dad is a minority owner. So uh, he's pretty happy. He's pretty happy with it, too. <laughs> you have a rebuttal, Chris. 
I was just curious with most was the GM, the, you know, the actual GM for most of those picks because I don't think Bakhtiari was one of their picks. I don't think that Aaron Jones was one of his picks. Right, um, Goody. Goody was was on the staff back then. Uh, he was not the one making the picks then. Uh, the guy who did is is currently passed away. Uh, but he was there for Jair. He was there for Darnell Savage. Uh, he was there for Gary uh, as well. He was there for AJ Dillon, who's turned out pretty solid. Eldon Jenkins, he was there. Josh Myers, the starting center, uh, he drafted him in the second round as well. So he's he's been around for a while, but he's made some pretty solid picks, I'd say. Vince, can you do us a huge solid and wake pop up? Because you guys need need a little vigor and some life. Because, I mean, as a fantasy guy, I do not want to go into this season <laughs> with Aaron Rodgers throwing to Sammy Watkins in the end. I mean, I just don't want to see it. Let's get some something going. We got A.J. Brown traded tonight. All right. this stuff going on. What is Green Bay doing? They're, they're, Hollywood, they're sleeping. Hollywood Brown on the move also. I mean, there's definitely some options there that could have really bolstered this offense. I thought Debo was still an opportunity, a chance, because there's ties with San Francisco and Green Bay uh, with LaFleur and everything. So I thought that was a slim possibility as well. Uh, you know, the, the fact of the matter is those receivers went so early in this draft. I mean – what can you do but wait and hope that you that you hit in the second round? And they might draft three receivers still in this draft, just it won't be in the first round. Looking ahead to pick 32 real quick, because this is going to be the last prop bet we're going to have for the night. It's minus 200 for a defensive player, plus 150 for an offensive player. That is the Vikings pick after the trade with the Detroit Lions. So what do you guys think? Are they going to go right now? Vegas is telling us defense. But I could see the Vikings are in a position where they can just take best player on their board, too, because they don't necessarily have a big need anywhere. They have little needs here and there, but they could just kind of take the best value available. So, you, I'm curious to see what you think. What would the best thing for the Vikings to do at 32? I think, yeah, Vikings just go best player available. You know, given the way that the draft fell, there isn't really a player who's been dropping, you know, at, that, that they need to snag right now. Maybe a guy like Devontae Wyatt I like. Maybe a guy like Louis Seen who's interesting, uh, Nicobe Dean. But none of these guys fill big, massive needs for the Vikings. Uh, the, the places where I would you know, love for them to hit needs that they have is like interior offensive line, secondary, but like cornerback. But none of those guys are really available right now. Good values right here. Maybe a guy like Andrew Booth. If Andrew Booth is available, that would be very interesting. But I feel like, yeah, they just follow their board. You know, this is a rare situation where they have needs. But the way the board fell, just take who's there. Well, just going off of what you just said, you just listed a bunch of defensive players, which is why probably Vegas has it at minus 200 right now, which isn't really the great value pick. But I agree with you. I don't really have an offensive player that I think they need to address at that 32 spot right now. So I don't think you're going to get the good value bet, which would be the offensive side. I think it is more yeah. likely it would be defense. They need help in the back end of that secondary. Hey, There's Dan. no one here either right now. That's a great pick. Dan, what you got to think about with that, looking at value, someone trading up to 32 to get Malik Willis there at the end of the first round, get that fifth year option. Uh, I think that's where your value lies, not Minnesota, but someone who trades into that 32 spot. And that's that's possible as well. The Vikings could very well just keep trading back and getting more value right now because they can just kind of stick to their board at the time. Here's a good one. So after the A.J. Brown trade, Philly's odds moved from 50 to 1 to 40 to 1 for to win the Super Bowl. So A.J. Brown just moved them 10 spots, 10 spots on the odds to win the Super Bowl. That's really curious, but we got the pick. And it is Wyatt. I don't know why I don't have his graphic up here, but Devontae Wyatt is the pick for the Green Bay Packers. I like it. Vince, do you like it? Yeah, like I said, I had a mock drafted at 22 to Green Bay. Uh, thought that they would be able to get him there. He fell down to 28. They didn't have to make any trades and move around. That really solidifies their defensive line. They, they were kind of weak in one spot on the D-line. That will really you know, put it pretty, pretty solid. A guy that started for him last year now can move and be a backup. I love it for Green Bay. Chris, what's your reaction? He was one of your favorite players, too. I'm not a big Wyatt guy, so he's not one of my favorite players. Oh, what did I get him confused with then? Why are you a big Wyatt guy? Are you kidding me? Just a penetrator up the middle? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, as a guy that I think definitely has the potential, a guy that can definitely, you know, can be a disruptor, but wasn't a guy that I think is the first round talent, in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. So it wasn't a guy I was necessarily high on. 
Man, man, man. Chris is pooping all over the Packers picks. Questions, Vince, <laughs> about what makes them so good. Oh, I don't like this pick either. I'm out of here. <laughs> but, Jason, once again, the Packers are going to get out of the first round without taking a wide receiver. Now, I will I will say this draft, unlike others, there's a more excuse for it because the top echelon receivers did go a lot higher. And I don't have a first-round grade on a sky more or a Tolbert or really any other guys that are left at this point, a, a Keir shock here. I don't, I don't have any of those guys really as a first round grade. So I don't really knock them for that. But when you're looking at the Packers and we're looking at Aaron Rodgers and we're looking at his fantasy value for next season, what the heck is it? Um, you know, look at the end of the day, he's still Aaron Rodgers. He's going to throw, you know, you could throw my uncle open, um, you know, if anything, but um, like, you know, like we said, what weapons are we looking at right now? There's still time, um, obviously, to still make a trade, um, make some kind of <laughs> kind of move. Um, but you know, again, you, you mentioned, yeah, we don't, we can't discredit them for not, you know, going receiver. But we can discredit them for why aren't we active in the trade? Why, why aren't we moving up? Why aren't we doing something to make this offense better, especially an aging quarterback at that? Um, you know, one that's had a little bit of drama issues at some point sometimes. Um, but, you know, I still love Aaron Rodgers' fantasy value um, because they're still going to throw the pill at the end of the day. So, um, you know, does it really kill him? Uh, no, uh, but it does affect him as far as where I would draft him at. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. No, I'm debating you on this one, big guy. I got Aaron Rodgers coming out of the top 12 right now because everything is signaling to me that the Packers are going to be a run-first team next year. And we've already seen them play at an incredibly low pace last season. And you take away Devontae Adams for that, please don't talk to me about Sammy Watkins. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about Amari Rodgers. I don't want to hear if they try to bring back Randall Cobb. I don't want to hear it. Aaron Rodgers is going to be looking like what he did back in 2019 when he had one of his worst scenes of his career, statistically speaking. Now, that, that might not be, from a Packers fan standpoint with Vince, that might not mean losses. But from a fantasy standpoint, I don't see a guy who cracks the top 12 quarterbacks this year. Go ahead. You can rebuttal. Yeah. So, you know, again, I agree with this. I mean, as in a football perspective, a hundred percent. That's what we've all said that the Packers should do, especially you're in a cold weather state. You got the snow. You got Captain Thunder, Thunder Thighs, A.J. Dillon. I mean, I love A.J. Dillon, especially down the stretch of the season. Yes, that's what they should do. But it's Aaron Rodgers, my friend. And we know how Aaron Rodgers likes to do things. I just don't see how he's going to just start handing the ball off all of a sudden. It's still Aaron Rodgers. He's still going to spling the pill. And what, again, let's see if these young guys in the defense can step up. If they can, then, of course, um, you know, they'll be in a position to control the clock, run the football, um, and play good defense. We'll see if that, that uh, permeates on the field. But, again, still Aaron Rodgers. He's still going to audible to some throws. Uh, I still like him uh, top 12 quarterback next year. I think if he knew Devontae Adams was going to be leaving, I think he would have stuck with Jeopardy. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Patriots are on the clock. Jaguars, I think, took the pick that they wanted. So if you're the Patriots, what are you doing here? Yeah, I'm looking to trade down. Um, I think that if they can... Out of the, uh, the first the round. Thing, out of the, I mean, do the Patriots thing. That's what they usually do is trade out of the first round. So I think that's probably the best move, actually, for them. Well, it's left on the board. A lot of guys think you pick your preference. I know we talked about the linebacker position. I'm not a huge Dean fan. I don't think he's a great fit for their defense necessarily either. They usually have the linebacker to be a little bit bigger. Um, so I look at, you know, kind of the guys on the board and the only guy that kind of jumps out to me that I like is Daniel Fioli, the left tackle uh, or right tackle probably initially um, from Minnesota. They definitely could use an upgrade in the tackle position. I know they have Brown, but he's kind of been, you know, Trent Brown's been kind of injured a lot the last couple of years. Can't really bank on him. So that's the guy I like the most, but I think they'd probably look to trade down if they could. I will say this. We talk about the Packers never taking a wide receiver. I, I'm not really impressed with the Patriots wide receiver grouping either. However, again, probably wouldn't take one here if I was them. Don't have one in the first round grade. They pay, they paid all this money for tight ends that they didn't use. They paid all this money for backup receivers that they didn't use because they weren't good either. 
when we look at this team and you have a Mac Jones, talk about the Jaguars trying to build around their quarterback. Well, what about the Patriots? What are they doing to help out Mac Jones? And with Josh McDaniels gone, what does that leave them with? Because now all of a sudden, is this going to be Bill Belichick uncorked? Because I'm fearful of what the hell that's going to look like. Anybody have a comment? You're right. They haven't done anything to help Mac Jones. Uh, not in the offseason. Now, again, he still has the tight ends there. So maybe they use them this year. Uh, they're a talented group with Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Wide receiver-wise, they're, they're really hurting as well. Um, when will they get one? Will they trade for one? The Patriots seem to luck into picks oftentimes, and this year that's not the case. They traded back, and there wasn't one of those stud guys that fell. You've got some some edge rushers that I like, but it just doesn't seem like that's the fit right here because they went all in on free agency last year to sign defensive guys. So, uh, yeah, Mac Jones is getting in an interesting spot, and without having a true offensive coordinator, at least at this point, uh, New England's a team that's, I don't know, kind of kind of scary in the wrong way <laughs> next year. Well, they don't forget they traded for most injury-prone receiver from America's team. Um, so good luck with that. We appreciate you guys taking that off our hands. Although, again, I will say, dumbest strategy by Miami ever. Why? I don't care who it is. Why do you give your division uh, rival anything to booster them up? It makes no damn sense. But, yeah, I agree, Dan. They're, they're not looking to, uh, to – I would love to see Bill Belichick uncork this season for sure. Actually, now I'm thinking about this because I have a Dolphins fan on here, and even though you claim to be America's team, I never run into you people. But <laughs> the whole rumor of Tom Brady wanting to go to Miami, what did you think of that? Uh, what could have been? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, I mean, if it's the rumors were true, bringing in Sean Payton, Tom Brady, I mean, I'm all for it, bro. Sell the farm. I don't care. I don't want to build in the draft anymore. I don't want to keep... Uh, oh, hey, maybe this draft pick will work out. No, let's go for it. That's why I love the Tyreek Hill train. Uh, man, I would have loved Tom Brady. I don't care. You know, I, I talked about Deshaun Watson all last season. I'll take whatever, bro. Bring them on. Let's go. I want titles. Let's do it. All right, Yuke, you're in the you're in the war room for New England. What are you going to do? Are you going to trade back or are you going to stand pat right here and take somebody? So I got to say, I actually, there's some guys here that I really like. Uh, guys like Lewisine and Kobe Dean, both from Georgia. I really like them with this pick. They're both really talented and they fill a need for the Patriots. You know, and Kobe Dean at linebacker, they could use some linebacker help. And Kobe Dean, the way he's just, he plays the game with just this unreal football IQ. He understands it better than anyone. And he plays with this ferocity where he could just get after, every, like, get after every ball carrier and he can control a defense. I really love that about Kobe Dean. He seems like a very Patriots player. Same thing with Lewisine. Their safeties are getting pretty old. Devin McCourty, um, I think Pat, no, I don't remember who the other guy is, but Devin McCourty, their safeties are getting uh, a little bit on the older side, so Lewisine would help. But someone I really like is George Karlaftis. He seems like such a patriot. I feel like he would be just an ideal fit in their defense. I like Cole Strange here. That's who I like. Oh, is that I'm a huge <laughs> Yeah, leave it to the Dolphin guy to spoil the pick. <laughs> there it is. Cole Strange off the board. Offensive guard, or well, at least he will be playing offensive guard for the Patriots. They have some experience there at tackle in college. Jason, you're not allowed to speak. Chris, what's your take on this pick? Yeah, we don't – I just to, you know, MD's nation and, you know, belly of fans, uh, heads up. I gave – I did the graphics. He's not one of the graphics for the top three rounds. <laughs> Cole Strange does not belong in the first round. Um, and this is just an absolute true Patriots pick. That's why I said they needed to trade down to do the Patriots thing because this is just a huge well, reason. Here's what you said earlier in their show. You said the Patriots do better when they, they're second and third round players. They figure they just take one of those in the first round and then just, you know, call it a day. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so because it, it seems like they don't want to necessarily improve their team. We do have a we do have a graphic for this one. So the Chiefs just took George Kalafis, or however you say that name. I know I butchered that, but they go the rusher at the end. I actually like this pick quite a bit. First of all, they need help along that defensive line. He can provide them with a little bit of both. So he's not just a pure pass rusher. He is a guy that has been consistently able to set the edge in college, a little bit more of an all-around guy, but they needed somebody outside of Chris Jones who can get some penetration 
that's what he can come in and do. So I don't mind the pick here. I didn't necessarily have him in a first round grade, but I did have him as a pretty high second round grade. So it was not so much of a reach here for me ultimately. But you, what do you think? So I actually, I'm not a huge Karloftis fan, uh, just because he is so dominant. He was so dominant at Purdue with his strength and just the way he he overpowered every blocker that came in his path. The only problem is it was very concerning. Every time they left him completely unblocked and ran a guy right at him, he just couldn't tackle them because he has no agility. He has no change of direction capabilities. Uh, he's just way too stiff. And when you put him up in the NFL and they're going to be able to to manipulate him like that and have ball carriers run right at him like they did in college and he'll just be you know completely useless, I feel like that's a really big knock. That's something that's really going to prevent me from taking him in the first rounds. Now, I don't even see how he fits in the, in the Chiefs' off defensive scheme. You know, is he going to be, uh, uh, you know, a 3-4 defensive end, a 5-tech? I, I don't really see where he fits. But he, he's just such a dominant player where I could totally be wrong on this one. Well, I'll tell you right now where he fits. He fits Spagnola because Spagnola loves these type of guys who can, who can go inside, outside. So I, I automatically can understand why they would go with this pick because he is definitely a Spagnola type of defensive end. What do you think, Vince? Yeah, I had him over Jermaine Johnson on my board. Uh, absolutely love Carl Loftus. I actually had him mocked to the Chiefs down here at the bottom of the first round as well. I think he's a great fit there. I think Spags, I'm not a huge Spagnola fan, but I think that he can do some some good things with them. And, I mean, Kansas City just needs help on defense. If they can get a solid football player, it's going to help them out. And I think Carl Loftus is that for them. I love the pick here. Um, I would have been happy to see him in Green Bay, honestly. But, but I'm, I think it's a good good fit there in Kansas City. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts specializes in keeping your car on the road. Not sure how much life is left in your battery? Our professional parts people will test it for free. If it does need to be replaced, we'll help you find just the right one to fit your car. Our superstar batteries are built to handle even the toughest conditions. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. The end of the draft is when everybody gets their acts together. So Daxon Hill is going to go to the Cincinnati Bengals. And you know what? I like the pick because they need somebody to come in there who can be a hybrid. They need secondary help. They had to address that. in the. That was a big thing. That was why they lost the Super Bowl, ultimately speaking. They didn't have anybody who can cover Cooper Cup. This is somebody who kind of addresses that issue. So I don't mind the pick here. I personally... Probably would have went with Booth if I was them because I don't know why we're wasting our time with Eli Apple. It's going to be really bad next season. <laughs> but they do go with Hill. Jason, what's your reaction? Well, uh, if you don't remember, Eli Apple was my Super Bowl MVP pick, surprise dark horse pick. I mean, I don't know if you remember that or not, but um, <laughs> everyone tries to win the lottery, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Got to roll the dice at some point. Um, yeah, I mean, again, uh, Chiefs got a uh, got a lot of issues. Or excuse me, Ron of the Bengals, my bad. Uh, you talked about it earlier in the show. Where were they going to go? Offense, defense. Um, you know, it's, who knows? They could just again. They went with, with the best player available on the defense. They're definitely not going to go receiver. Stack there. Got a good running back already. Good offense. Um, so good pick for the for the Bengals, like you said. That's why they lost Super Bowl. Could not guard Cooper Cup. Um, at the end of the day. So, yeah, good pick for the Bengals all around. And this is somebody that a lot of people had him mocked going in the end of the third round. I mean, a lot of it was going to the Chiefs, initially speaking, because, you know, they were looking for secondary help. Although, I'm glad they didn't because I, people seem to forget they signed Reed. Reed is already that guy. So, when I kept seeing all these mock drafts or Hill going there, it just didn't make sense in my brain. So, I'm glad to see this happen instead. Uh, Chris, with the Bengals here making this pick, does this get them closer to being a Super Bowl winning team this time around? I'm going to go with no. Um, I know that <laughs> I know that Dexton Hill is, you know, a player. I need a Johnny Rain Clown drop every time Chris. <laughs> well, because 
and we'll see if I'm right or wrong. But, you know, just a couple of things real quick. You talk about the Packers and their great drafts. Their defense hasn't finished, the, you know, has only finished top 24 twice in the last decade. Um, so that all these great picks and all these great things and investing in the defense, I don't really see it panning out. And this is another situation in Cincinnati where you have Jesse Bates, definitely a ball hawk safety. Where is Daxton Hill kind of fit in that secondary? He's not a true corner. You talked about him guarding Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup will eat his lunch all day, every day. Um, so I think that's a problem that you're not really addressing in any kind of capacity. To your point, I think there's other corners on the board that would have helped over Eli Apple, but I don't really see this guy having a clear fit for this team. Even Luke Kine, I think, would have been a better safety you know, fit for them, per se, because he actually can tackle and hit people and play a little bit in the box. Um, this guy's more of a hybrid guy. And I really don't see, like I said, with, with Jesse Bates, how that hand really fits well and really what they're going to do defensively different versus anybody. Duke, where did you have Daxon Hill rated? I, I'm actually one of the people. I'm very low on Daxon Hill. If anyone who anyone who read my uh, draft preview, they saw he is, as of now, let me see, he's my 55th overall rated prospect, and I feel like Whoa. that's pretty high for me at least. Um, I just – I had there's one thing that was very concerning for me about him. Now – Everyone saw at the combine, this guy is an elite athlete. You know, he had a ridiculous three cone number. He ran a great 40. The only problem is he doesn't really have a true positional fit. He's not, he doesn't have the measurables to play at any position. Now, he couldn't cover. Anytime he tried to play a true corner, tried to, to cover in the slot, he got completely torched, completely uh, torn apart. And so you can't really cover. And he doesn't have the size or the physicality or the tackling ability to be a true safety. He also doesn't really have the range. And he has the speed, but also his change of direction ability on tape. Every time he takes, like, one or two extra steps and that slows him down there are just so many red flags on his tape that at the end of the day you know yeah he's a great athlete and he he's someone who who lit up the combine but how how much stock am i going to put just into that one thing when everything on tape kind of pointed the other way so i see a lot of hype about him a lot of people were saying he's going to go in the first round to me i just don't see it i i feel like he he's going to be one of the busts of the first round okay all right here we go hot takes fresh and hot, hard for you guys so the vikings are on the clock while we're waiting for their pick to come in, I'll start with Chris because you've been with me all night long. What has been your favorite pick this first round? Um, that's a tough one. I'm gonna have to go with, and Harry. you can go with one of the trades if you want to go with one of the trades. Well, I think AJ Brown's definitely the best thing. I'm not, I'm not an Eagles fan, so I, it's hard for me to say it's my favorite because I'm not an Eagles fan. But I mean, it's definitely a home run move by the Eagles, and then pairing with Jameson Williams on top of that. Um, but I think that when I look what the Ravens did, that's probably my two favorite picks, Lindebaum and Hamilton. If it's Ravens to a T, what they needed, it's going to help their team on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I love the jerseys. I love it. Um, so, yeah, I look at I look at what they did, and I really think that they really solidified the Ravens' things. Um, Lindebaum, to me, could do what Yonda did for them for many, many years. And then, like I said, the safety position. Well, I don't think you know Hamilton was necessarily an Ed Reed kind of guy. He's kind of a hybrid between Ray Lewis and Ed Reed for them in the defense where they kind of brings that alpha and makes up for that Patrick McQueen guy that, you know, hasn't been the greatest middle linebacker for them. So he kind of helps solidify that as well with his tackling ability. So all those things, I think Ravens really did a great job this, this draft. Yeah, they did. Jason, go ahead. All right. Well, um, I'm going to throw up right after I say this, but my favorite pick overall um, would be Garrett Wilson with the Jets. I mean, to me, they really? were looking looking for somebody in the offseason, try to make some trades. Obviously, America's team got in front of them with Tyreek, and they've tried to, you know, try to dabbo with Debo and, and do all types of things. Haven't been able to do anything. Able to snag a, a good, or excuse me, a great playmaker with speed along with Elijah Moore. You got uh, you got the ingredients of a decent offense. You talked about the moves they made on defense. So for me, that's the best pick because, hey, I'm a fantasy guy. I want to talk about points. I want to talk about fun stuff. That, to me, was the best pick overall. Yeah, but as a fantasy guy, he goes in a situation with Elijah Moore and Corey Davis and a team that comes from the mindset of run first, not pass first. Yeah, but that's that's the mindset now. But we'll see as the season progresses how that pans out. You know what I mean? We can have these great uh plans going into the season but you gotta play to what your strengths are um and we'll see what the jets strengths are we'll see um, what zach wilson brings to the table this year maybe you know maybe their defense uh, puts them in situations where they're gonna have look they're playing in the afc 
the AFC is a gauntlet right now. Um, so they're going to have to put up points. So you can try to run the ball, play 90s football all you want, but you're going to lose a lot of games if you try to do that. So, um, you know, later on in the year, of course, that works. you got to put up points in this NFL. Um, so, you know, to me, I like this pick. I think they'll, I think they're going to throw the ball a lot in New York. Okay. How about you, Vince? Boy, I like Devin Neal at seven. I like Jamison Williams at 12. But for me, it's Trent McDuffie. I think the value that you get for him at 21 for Kansas City, they desperately needed a cornerback, especially in that AFC West. And I had McDuffie up in my top 12. Uh, so to have him drop to 21, uh, I mean, Washington has produced cornerbacks. They haven't produced much of anything else, but they have produced cornerbacks. Trent McDuffie, I think, is the next one. So value-wise, I think that's a great pick there at 21. How about you, Yuke? So, yeah, obviously I love the Ravens pick. You know, I, not only being a Ravens fan, but they, they totally uh, blew this draft out of the park. It was just un- unbelievable – just not the ability to get Kyle Hamilton, one of the top five players in this class at 14. That's just, that, that was amazing. And then on top of that, to follow that up with getting Linderbaum later. And I wasn't even one of the biggest uh, Marquise Brown fans. So trading him away, him in a third round pick to get a first round pick. That's an amazing haul to get for a middling wide receiver to turn that into a, an amazing player like Tyler Linderbaum. The Ravens really turned around their draft. But aside from being a Ravens homer, a pick I really want to highlight is Jahan Dotson to the, to the Washington commanders. Now everyone feels like that's a little bit of a reach, but I got to say, Jahan Dotson is one of those players. I've slowly been rising on him. I feel like I've just been way too low on him. I'm just having a hard time rising him up my, my big board just because of his inability to, to separate properly, his long speed, his size, things like that. But at the end of the day, there's just so much special with Jahan Dotson. His just ridiculous ball skills, the way he comes down with every single pass. It's just really exciting. And I, I actually think it's a great fit on the Washington Commanders, pairing him up with a guy like Terry McLaurin. I really feel like this might be actually the receiving core that Carson Wentz has been waiting for for a while. I really, really like this fit. Drastically different take than what Chris and I had earlier for that one. But I got to get to the pick. <laughs> lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Vikings take Lewis Sign. Defensive back, so two safeties, essentially. Back-to-back off the board. Vikings stay in the first round. They address the secondary, a position of need. I got to say, I still had Booth rated higher, but he does fill a need for them, and he is in the value territory that I had him greeted at to begin with. Go ahead, Yuke. I heard you say there it is, so go ahead and give me a reaction. Oh, yeah, no, I just – I love Lucy, and I was waiting for him to be taken. He was one of those guys that I felt like he was dropping, and, you know, most people mocked him at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round. But to me, he's the next best player. He's the next guy up. And I felt like it was just a matter of time before someone takes him. To me, he was even, you know, this is a little bit of a hot take also, but I had him in the same tier as a guy like Kyle Hamilton, where he just has ridiculous twitch, athleticism, speed, length. He has it all. And then he blew away the combine. He had an 11-foot broad jump. I think he ran, you know, a a 4-4 or like a sub 4-4, something like that. He just, he has it all. There's like very few flaws to his game. I really don't see what what the, the faults are. And he's not Kyle Hamilton, but he's up there for sure. And I really like him. He's my, uh, let me see, he's my 11th overall ranked prospect. So I was just waiting for somebody to snag him. Chris, I see you nodding along there. Do you agree? Yeah, I didn't like him as high as that, but I do think Luke Kine was probably the, I talked about with Daxon Hill one. I think he's definitely the best safety that's still, you know, next on the board. Um, a guy that has definitely a lot more upside, I think, as well. He hasn't kind of, kind of reached his ceiling, I don't think, either. The athleticism is definitely there. My only knock with him was I thought he was a little small at 190, but he's not afraid to tackle. He's not afraid to get dirty, and he brings it. So you put those things together, a guy who's you know has the range that he does and the speed that can tackle, that's usually going to be you can translate well in the NFL. All right, I think I think it's a good I think it's a good fit for what Minnesota is going to be running on the defensive side of the ball. So if nothing else, I go with that. I had him and Daxon Hill kind of rated pretty similarly to each other as far as overall grade goes. But I do think he would fit better than a Daxon Hill would for Minnesota in this, can in this I, situation. Can I throw a question out for the panel yep. real quick? What was your guys' least favorite pick or which the worst pick was of the first round? 
<laughs> gotta go New England, right? I mean, New England doesn't make any sense with Cole Strange. Uh, that one's probably the biggest question mark of the first round. Trevon Walker at one, I, you know, I think that's that's a question mark as well. Just looking at it, though overall, I, th- I think I have to go New England. Um, that or Tennessee trading away AJ Brown, but I I'd say New England Cole Strange. So yeah, I'm actually gonna gonna contend on this whole Cole Strange hate now. Yeah, it, it definitely was a reach here. You know, taking Cole Strange in the first, he does not belong in the first round. But I love Cole Strange. He play, just plays with this length. He has such long arms. He's such a polished and natural pass blocker. And even in the run game, he showed a tenacity and and, and a strength that I didn't think that he had. And he he really checks a lot of boxes. The only problem was. Uh, he played against uh, the only time that he played against capable competition was at the senior bowl and he didn't look that great, but that was really my only question with him. And, you know, that's, that's something that I feel like NFL teams could probably work through, especially a a coach like Bill Belichick. Yeah. Yeah. Taking him in the first round, that's a little bit early, but to me, he was the top of the second round guy. So that's not such a huge reach for me. So I actually kind of like that pick. I would say the pick that I like the least is probably, let me see here, probably Trevor Penning. I'm not a Trevor Penning guy at all. I know that's a little bit against consensus, but he, he is just such a, a bad football player, you know? He has great athleticism. He has this nastiness that everyone says. But he did so many things wrong. He constantly got beat. And this nastiness that we're seeing is he's getting beat. He's getting run over by these by these stronger defenders. And then all that he does is as he's falling to the ground, he just rips the guy and brings him down with him. And everyone goes, oh, man, this guy is so nasty. He's so strong. But really, he keeps getting beat. He, he loses so many reps. I just I don't think he's a first round player at all. To me, he's not even a, a early half of the second round player. Maybe you take a late second, third round flyer on him, but taking him at I think they took him at sixteen or, or eighteen. That's too early. That's way too early for me. I want to give a shout out to one of our viewers that's been following along on Facebook pretty much this entire time. His big winners of the draft were Detroit, Giants, Philly, Jets, and Baltimore. Uh can't argue with that there. Go ahead. I was just saying my my worst pick uh, tonight. It ties it kind of piggyback to what Vince said. It's Traylon Burks uh, for the Titans. It doesn't make any sense. It's not like AJ Brown is not Julio Jones. He's not some old aging receiver. Has been. He's young. Trade not the pick. Well, the pick to me doesn't make sense because they they traded essentially to make the pick. So that that to me again, this is like some. This is not something. Um, that they just went off the whim with. This is probably something they've already were thinking about coming in. Who are we going to take off the board here? Traylon Burks, I mean, you you traded someone away for potential. And I've talked about that many a times. A lot of teams, I mean, America's teams especially, we've been doing this for over and over again. Get potential, potential, potential. Get the guys you know are money. A.J. Brown is money. So, again, the whole thing doesn't make any sense to me at all. Wait, Jason, I just want to say to that, you know, I just want to remind you, just a couple years ago, you had a disgruntled wide receiver named Stephon Diggs who wanted to be traded from his team, got traded for a first-round pick, and the team went and selected this wide receiver, uh, you know, I don't know if you've heard of him, named Justin Jefferson, and everyone said, why are you doing this? You're basically trading a wide receiver for another wide receiver who's very similar to him. Keep the guy, like Stephon Diggs, who's good, and what, like, a lot of people didn't understand that move, and obviously that move paid off you know, better than anyone could have even imagined. Now, I don't think obviously this pick is going to pay off the same way, but there's something about trading a wide receiver for a, a wide receiver of the similar mold who's younger and you know is obviously not going to command the same cap hit. And there's something to say about that. I feel like this is not as bad of a move as people are making it out to be. Yeah, I just want to make sure we're clear. You are comparing Traylon Burks to Justin Jefferson, just so we're clear. Is obviously Traylon Burks is better than Justin Jefferson. This is not, <laughs> <laughs> nah, 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 I'm not that crazy. Listen, I'm, I'm gonna jump crazy. in. I'm gonna jump in on here. My comp to Traylon Burks is Devontae Adams. It's it's not this Debo crap uh, that I keep hearing because he's not Ooh. he's not nearly the same receiver. It is Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, especially coming out of college. If you guys remember, he was this guy that he kind of round off his his routes. He needed some work on being able to sink his hips, be able to sharpen out. But the big thing about him is that the more you got the ball in his hands, the more yards after contact he got. He was like a running back at the wide receiver position, the way he would wear teams down. Burks is that guy. Burks, I think, could be a more healthy A.J. Brown. And I don't have a problem with them not wanting to pay A.J. Brown $25 million for a guy who has not been able to stay on the field for a full season yet in his entire NFL career. Go ahead, Vince. 
if you put Traylon Burks with Aaron Rodgers, then maybe he's Devontae Adams. You put him with Ryan Tannehill, uh-huh. maybe he's Devontae Parker. I don't know. He's, <laughs> he's not, not Devontae Adams. I don't know. I think A.J. That's Brown it. was pretty good with Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill gets a lot of crap. He had one bad season where Tennessee was con- completely decimated on both sides of the ball. Uh, I don't really bash on him the way a lot of other people do when it comes to He can feature one wide receiver, without a doubt. He did it with Miami with Jarvis Landry. Bingo. Right, exactly. And he, oh, he I, actually I Jason was going to jump in there, but Chris. Well, I, yeah, I didn't. Well, I, you know, hey, I didn't. You know, when I was overstep my bounds here, <laughs> I'm still a guest in your house here. But yeah, I mean, you're, you're exactly hit on it. I actually watched him under. I hate to say this, Adam Gase. You know, I got season tickets. I'm sitting up here watching this guy. You know, in the first few games, we had a game against Cleveland. He wasn't seeing people uh, open. And then later on during the season, you saw this guy develop. He was seeing those people down the field. So I like Ryan Tannehill. I mean, and my son watched the uh, – we're at the game where he hit the most uh, consecutive passes in a row where he broke the NFL record. I think it was against the Texans. Um, Ryan Tannehill has spots of greatness, uh, but unfortunately he's got a turnover problem as well. He'll be a great mentor for Malik Willis when they draft him in the third pick in the second round. Okay, Nostradamus. Vince, that's a great segue because I was was going to go into the what's the narration now going into the second and third round, and that's going to be narration number one. Malik Willis was not taken. It was Kenny Pickett, so now he's available, and I'm better with Willis being in the second round now because that's all my – now if you're going to take him in the second round, now you don't have the same pressure on him having to perform necessarily right away you would as a first-round pick. There's a little bit more of a window that you're allowed to develop. And this is more where he belongs. They kept comping him to Jalen Hurts. Hurts went in the second round. Now we're talking about some actual value and developing a guy rather than a guy who has to come in and save a franchise day one. That's going to be a big narrative heading into tomorrow. Are there any others? Anybody can jump in. You're talking about the quarterbacks? I'm talking about what, what's your narrative going into tomorrow? Oh, well, obviously the quarterbacks is, is huge here. You know, I'm a big Desmond Ritter and Matt Corral fan. So to me, like they were my top two quarterbacks in this draft. So I'm surprised that they mm-hmm. weren't taken in the first round. Someone didn't jump up to, to snag them. I would love to see where they go. You know, maybe uh, one of them goes to, to maybe Indianapolis and then takes over for Matt Ryan next year. That, that would be very interesting to me. They would have, you know, immediate, probably have an immediate impact on the NFL. So that's something that, I, that I'm really looking forward to, to see where these quarterbacks go. That's a great point. If you can get a guy behind a Matt Ryan, even behind Carson Wentz in Washington, uh, those are the kind of places right now these quarterbacks need to go so they have an opportunity to sit and learn and not be thrown into the fire right away. you got Seattle with two top ten picks in the second round. They need a quarterback desperately, but – I mean, it's not a good fit for the quarterbacks that are currently sitting there either. So quarterbacks is the is the narrative. Running backs would be the other narrative too. I think you got two guys with Walker and Brees Hall um, with some teams that could use some running back help there towards the top of the second round also. So And again, for whatever reason, as soon as we get into the second round, all of a sudden it's great value for a running back, not in the first round though. So uh, so there you go. I think, I think you'll see the at least two running backs, if not three, go pretty early in the second round. Yeah, that's what I wanted to hit on was the running backs. You know, none taken. I, I you know, it's it was surprised me a lot. There's a lot of teams though that could use some running back assistance and going, you know, into the fantasy dynamic of things. A lot of teams that are sitting up there, um, you know, could go ahead and take a stab at it. I, you know, but we're going back to Malik Willis. I think Danny kind of hit on the head. He's like the guy that's the most intriguing to watch out for. Um, where does he land? You're right, Vince. You know, might be a little early for Seattle, but obvious team need. Uh, for them. So um, it'd be interesting to see him in Seattle. Um, you know, as, as fantasy guys, we love to see the running quarterbacks too. So it'd um, be interesting to see how he fits in with uh, Pete Carroll's system and, you know, and they're in a great receiving core already. So what do you got, Chris? Yeah, I think the running backs are definitely the obvious one. I think, you know, Brees Hall and, you know, Walker, to the guy that jumped to my mind. You always want to know fantasy-wise where the running backs are going to be and where the kind of opportunities are, you know, as, as Coop's kind of pointed out. Um, the other guy I'm really curious about is my, one of my favorites of this draft is Daniel Pioli, uh, the guy who I just absolutely love and I love his potential down the road. So I'm kind of curious to see where he winds up. Yeah, that's the big bohemoth tackle. I mean, bohemoth tackle. It's just always fun to watch where these guys can kind of go. Uh I want to throw some shade on the uh, Jahad Dotson pick because that is my worst pick of the first round. That is the biggest reach because I had him as a late second round. What would you say, Chris? 
So I, I have mine when you're done with yours. My, my worst pick as well. Well, go ahead, because that was mine. That's all I needed to say. Well, you talk about the quarterbacks. My, my has to be Pickett is going to be one of the guys I hate. I hate the fit in Pittsburgh. I hate the idea of him being in Pittsburgh. I think they just basically drafted the same quarterback they already have on their roster, Mitchell Trubisky. Um, you're not going to get much different, I don't think, from this guy. If you read the, kind of the scouting reports, they're almost identical. Um, and then if you kind of look at you know some of the other situations, I, I really hated the Quay, Quay Walker trip pick. I think that was just a reach. A guy that I don't, I don't, I don't have a first round talent. You had to on. get one more dig in the vids. I'm had sorry, to. you can't have four linebackers in today's NFL that you're paying and drafting all that draft capital in and have such a crappy defense on top of it. Well, they're a crappy defense, so they got to improve it, right? Quay Walker, I like, like Nicobe Dean. They, do, they, drafted, they draft defense every year. I think that's the problem I'm trying to make the point of. They do yeah. it every year to that defensive capital. And, well, and especially in the first game. round. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Vince, yeah, I like needs some mental support. I'm team Quay yeah. Walker. He's my 16th overall prospect, so uh, that was a good pick to me. <laughs> His athleticism, he can cover. Uh, he's got good pass coverage. He has uh, a little bit of a rush as a pass rush, and he gets off blockers pretty well from everything that I've researched on him. Um, again, on this one, I kind of have to sit back and trust him, hoping that it's the right pick. I, I admit I had him lower. I had him going 31 to Cincy. So, um, you know, I had him in the first round, but I didn't have him quite that high. Yeah, I just want to touch, by the way, on what Chris said about Kenny Pickett. I, I just want to say I agree with everything that you say. You know, this is he's not even better than Mitch Trisky, so I don't really see what the point was here. He's not a great quarterback. Uh, I feel like this kind of they burnt a first-round pick, but I just want to maybe point out the perspective of Kenny Pickett here where of all the teams that Kenny Pickett could have gone to, I feel like this is the ideal scenario for him to go into a place where it's a steady, competent organization, not going to a dumpster fire like a Jacksonville or a New York or Cleveland. He's going to a steady organization with a Hall of Fame head coach like Mike Tomlin, who I don't think he's had – I don't remember what the stat was – hasn't had a losing season in, in, in you know Ever over a decade. Yeah, ever as a head coach, something like that. So he and, and he gets to even sit for a year behind Mitch Trubisky and learn, and then he gets to inherit, you know, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Fryermuth, and then hopefully an improved offensive line. I don't think that there is a better scenario he could have gone to. Now, from a perspective of looking in from the outside, yeah, I, I hate this pick. I, I don't get it. He, Kenny Pickett's not a good quarterback, but if I were Kenny Pickett, I would be thrilled right now. Well, I think, oh, that's, yeah. I think that's why I hate it so much because I think that whatever quarterback Pittsburgh was one of the ideal situations you could wind up being in. So whatever they were rumored to kind of whether when Dan kind of talked about Willis being there earlier, I think whatever quarterback they wound up is going to probably be the best situation. Seattle's not too far behind because they have some weapons in place as well. But I think otherwise, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of guys who just, you know, are going to be in a situation where they're not going to have a chance to succeed. My problem is, is that I think this guy can't throw in the cold weather. I think this guy does have, you know, have one good year. He's also very old when he has a good year. Um, we see other quarterbacks when they're you know fifth year seniors and 24 or 25 years old, how how successful they've been in the pros. Brandon Whedon, Chris Winkie, going down the list. These guys don't materialize into anything. And then once again, when it comes to what the Pittsburgh needs, their defense wasn't good last year. So there was definitely guys on the board, including Lloyd, um, that they could have definitely upgraded, I feel like, um, or even the white kid. You know, They need some kind of structure inside. They, they didn't need their war. They added a guy basically who's – I would imagine probably going to you know, maybe battle for starting position next year, but isn't a clear starter next year. We got Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show, as he always is, trying to put his GM hat on and saying that the Packers have interest in Debo Samuel. So thank you, Aaron Rodgers, for, for that. <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, it's more of, of course, Aaron Rodgers has to put something out there that's ridiculous and he has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> now, to go back to, I'm, I'm struggling with my best pick. Because for me, it's a team. And there was, a, there was a lot of good winners, actually, tonight. I think more so than I can remember in recent memory how many teams I felt like came out and won this year's draft or this year's first round anyway. But I got to look at the Lions. You get Hutchinson in the fall, do you at two. And then you trade up to get Jamison Williams. You need playmakers on both sides of the ball. And you got that. And you pretty much did it while staying within yourself. Like, they didn't, they didn't give away the farm to move up to go get a Jameson Williams. And I think, I, I just think the way they're building their team is very much under the radar. They're, two, they're still about two years away, but they're building their team the right way. I'm just very impressed with what they've been doing. And I think what it is that I'm very impressed with them as an organization, how they've turned a corner, because we see these organizations get run to the ground over and over and over again. It's always the same ones. I think they're starting to go to the right track. So I really want to give a lot of kudos to the Detroit Lions here. 
Yeah, and a good job with having their GM and their coach being in, on the same page. I think these too many organizations kind of you know go against each other. With the GM like somebody or the coach like somebody that doesn't fit their system. This seems like they actually are you know working hand in hand to build that build the team like as you're talking about with you know the same kind of blueprint. Now I got I got Jason and Chris here, so I want to talk a little, a little fantasy. The 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 worst fantasy pick for me, or, or I shouldn't say the worst one, the one that broke my heart was Garrett Wilson going to the Jets. Because he's just not going to be put in a position to get the numbers that you want him to get. And this is a guy that could – he was that Jefferson Jefferson type. If he fell into the right situation, he could explode because of what his ability is and if, depending upon where he could have wound up at. Him going to the Jets, him and Elijah Moore are the same guy. And then you have Corey Davis, a run-first mentality. I like Zach Wilson, but even I have to say we don't know exactly what Zach Wilson is yet. And I'm just, I'm just very sad. I'm very sad that Garrett Wilson, who was high on my dynasty board, now is going to have to take a significant drop back. Uh, Jason, you're crapped on Chandler on Burks. I'm telling you right now, from a dynasty standpoint, Burks is going to be a hell of a lot higher on my board than Garrett Wilson is now because of the situation, the volume that he's going to now have. So where did you have Garrett Wilson projected? Where did you want him to go? Let's, 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 let's go there. Well, I wanted him to go to the Commanders. That's where I wanted him to go. I wanted him to pair up with McLaurin at 11. I thought that was a, a, an ideal location for him to wind up at. Yeah, and that makes sense. Like, two and the receivers aren't of the same mold, as you, as you said. Right. Uh, but again, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. I do like the pick because we could sit here and talk about the Jets' defense and want to play defense. It's still the Jets' defense, though. They're still – I have to prove it on the field first. So I – and again, we talked about the AFC being a gauntlet. You know, maybe as we looked at, maybe the Patriots aren't, aren't that much. But they still got to deal with the, the Bills and America's team twice. And again, the whole AFC, AFC is stacked right now. I'm going to throw so, a little shade on this Dolphins real quick. You guys got to prove it, too. Now, I like what you did in the offseason. I'm not going to try to take it away from him. But uh, you guys haven't made the playoffs in a little while either. Yeah, I mean, listen. I mean, I could go on all day about that. I mean, I, and I'm and, and this is false bravado, mind you, because I, you know, if you if you if I talk to you know one of my fellow Dolphin fans, they know I'm the guy that's like, bro, I don't want to hear it. All right, I already know we get built up every year, and then it's like, uh. so I, you know, we'll see what happens. I have, you know, I I I, te I tempered my expectations this year, uh, but I am a little excited with Tyreek. I think he brings a different dynamic. Everyone's like, oh, you got to give him the ball. You got to throw it to him. Um, actually, no, you, you don't. I could just hand the ball off to this guy and let him take it to the house. So, um, you know, I'm excited for, for what the Dolphins can do. Pretty year. sure I was talking to him about Garrett Wilson. And became a conversation <laughs> You got me on track. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dan, when you look at fantasy value, though, you got to look at the offense that's run. And last year was the first year there, and they're still trying to build that team. I think they've done a great job the Jets have last year and this year so far in the draft. But you look at what uh, what they do in, in L.A. with the Rams. You look at what they do in San Francisco. That's what ultimately the Jets are trying to do, what they do in Green Bay as well. It's all the same system. So, can so, I say real quick, those two yeah. teams you in Green Bay and San Francisco, can you name the second receiver how, how statistically what they do? Uh, possession in Green Bay uh, in San Francisco, no, I can't. <laughs> so that's my point. If yeah. we're, we're not emulating. If you're emulating the Rams, that's one thing where you have multiple playmakers getting multiple levels. But when you're emulating the 49ers offense and what they do, or Green Bay did, you have one receiver who gets the ball all the time, and that's it. Mm -hmm. So that's the problem I have for fantasy wise, as they kind of pointing out. And last year, unfortunately, the least talented guy on that Jets team was the leading receiver. That's Braxton Berrios, so they brought back to play the slot receiver. So they have another guy who's basically filling the role that Wilson and Elijah Moore would best be served to be able to rotate and move into, and. Usually the 49ers Green Bay teams like a guy who can block. That's why Kenyon Bourne's probably still in the league. Um, so Elijah Moore can't block. Braxton Bears can't block. Wilson can't block. One of those three is going to get taken out in the early in the game. So that's where I'm going to tell you guys right now, fantasy-wise, as Ian's kind of pointing out, it's not going to materialize like we want to. And I like Zach Wilson a lot, and I still think he's going to be a good quarterback. I just hate the fit offensively for that. No rebuttal for that one. Okay. Sure, sure. I mean, if, 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 if he is the receiver, then he's going to get his points. 
Um, if he's not the receiver, well, then he's not so, going to get And that was what I was going to pick you off with my secondary point to that was, even if Garrett Wilson takes over as lead guy, that means Elijah Moore gets thrown to the wing side. And I love Elijah Moore too. And I don't want to see that happen. So that's why it breaks my heart in two weeks because either it ruins Garrett Wilson or it ruins Elijah Moore. Somebody's getting screwed in this deal. And I didn't want to see it happen in either one of them. Denzel Mim last year. <laughs> but, but you're, think, you're on an island with that Denzel Mims thing. Yeah, Jason. <laughs> I'm not, well, you're, you're you're saying though, in one hand, that you wanted him to go with Scary Terry on the other side, but you don't like Elijah other. Moore on the other side. So that's I guess where. Yeah, but I, you know, again, <clears throat> excuse me, just going back to the defense. Let's just go back to that again. The Jets' defense is not that good. I don't still see them being that good. So, um, you know, again, they are going to have to put up points. They kind of have to throw the football. They weren't they that good to... last year. How many points did they put up offensively? <laughs> not at well. It doesn't true, always that was go hand in hand. Zach, Zach's first year, to be fair, you know, and, and you know, offense. He's just learning. He's second year. Could could be he could be a little something. That's all that's all I'm saying. I don't think it's horrible. And, and I'm, I don't want to defend the Jets. I feel like I'm just I'm gonna, <laughs> I really am gonna go take a long shower after this. And the OC in New York was his first year calling plays. He's got a year under his belt. And from everything we know about him, he studies hard, he works hard. If he improves, maybe everything turns around. It all it all comes down to Zach Wilson in New York. So whether or not you trust him or not. And at this point. I don't trust Zach Wilson. I don't trust Lafleur. So that, and that's 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 my problem. Uh, I have I have yet to see a 49ers offensive coordinator or Shanahan actually be successful. Uh, so, so I, that, that that's where it boils down to for me. Uh, but let's sign off here. It's been a great run. It's been a great night. We're gonna be back tomorrow for the second and third round at 6:30 p.m. Same place. Right here on Belly Up TV, Roku, YouTube, all together. It's probably even going to be longer tomorrow because we'll probably end at the same time, but we're starting an hour earlier. There's going to be a lot more to go over, a lot more guests coming. Vince, I believe you're going to be coming back tomorrow. Is that correct? Yeah, I should be on the first first few picks there in the second round. Awesome. Where can we follow you at, and what do you got going on with your show? Uh, at Sports Stove on Twitter and Instagram. I, as soon as we get off here, I'm recording for tomorrow morning's episode. So a uh, new oh, podcast – We'll be out Friday morning, and uh, then also we'll air 7 a.m. on Belly Up TV uh, there as well. No sleep for the weary. Jason, where can we follow you, man? Follow us at TSS Fantasy. I don't care if you follow me or not. Follow my show. That's all I care about. Check us out. We're live where you can find us, Belly Up TV, Roku, all that. Um, find us where you can listen to anywhere you, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Um, go to tssfantasy.com. We got all of our latest and greatest on there as well because we are the fantasy show to people. All right. Not more than the MD Space Football Show, just to be clear. Uh, <laughs> you, <laughs> where can we follow you at? What are you working on? So, yeah, I'm honestly, as of now, I was just uh, the the draft scout for, for Belly Up. Uh, I'm working on maybe running for some other uh, fantasy sites, but nothing's really concrete yet. Uh, it's just a, a few things in the works. But uh, I feel actually a little bit humbled right now among all these uh, podcasting legends who have their own show. And I, I don't really have anything to plug right now. I can just say, you know, I just write my scouting reports on Belly Up. It's really all I do. Uh, I have, you know, the full, if you want to see really all of my stuff, uh, you really, I put out a, a draft article of the full NFL draft preview. And that kind of can really take you down a rabbit hole towards any uh, individual player scout uh, scouting report, any uh, positional breakdown, big boards, mock drafts, whatever. It's all all linked in that one article. So that's really where you can see all my stuff. Love it. I really appreciate you guys coming on. Really was a lot of fun. I can't wait to get back at it tomorrow. Chris, good job today, man. Let's go get some coffee for tomorrow and we'll get some rest tonight. And then we'll be ready to fire it up and ready to go and do this again and really have another blast. Again, more guests coming on. We'll have more uh, pick betting analysis for you guys for the second and third round. Second round in particular, it kind of runs out towards the end of the third round, just to let you guys know, and more fantasy analysis. So everybody, come back tomorrow, signing off for the first round of the Belly Up Sports' MD's Fantasy Football Show NFL draft coverage. Take care. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.